Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for our favourite TV show slash movie slash any form of media of 2022. It is Obi-Wan. Hello there. Episode (laughs) 5. That's the official tagline for Obi-Wan. It is hello there. Uh, We are at the penultimate episode of this six-part series talking about Obi-Wan. Hello there. And Hayden Christensen finally showing his face. <laughs> and other people, which I'm sure we will talk about. Uh, a lot to get to in this spoiler review, spoiler review, spoiler review. Just one more time, spoiler review. <laughs> My name is Ben and your need for podcasting, Colin, it blinds you. <sighs> And my name is Colin, and I never thought I'd get to say this again, but I like the mullet. Oh, what a beautiful mullet. And I like the braid because that oh. was his braid. Uh, we saw we saw Hayden Christensen's beautiful face this week. There it is. Oh, that's enough. Buy it. Uh, best episode <laughs> of the season. <laughs> what a beautiful man. Who cares if they didn't de-age them that much? It doesn't matter. They're beautiful. They're beautiful, Colin. What a beautiful couple these two are. Oh, and, and you don't need to de-age men that beautiful. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Exactly. Um, I mean, this was kind of the episode we'd all been waiting for, right, to actually see. I mean, we kind of saw a flash. Well, we saw like a ghost Hayden Christensen in the distance. From, from um, like 50 feet away. <laughs> from like 50 feet away. But finally, we get to see him. We get to see Obi-Wan uh, and their beautiful features and Coruscant. This is the first time we've seen Coruscant, isn't it, since the prequels as well? It's been a while. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, what a way to open the episode with. It just... Did you just get a little bit excited? You saw the back of him. You're like, oh, my God, we're going to see him. And then he turns around and you're like, oh, look at his beautiful little face. I want to just pinch his cheeks. Uh, and this one's on his face too. <laughs> uh, it's it's almost a little embarrassing, but, like, every time they cut back to the mullet and the braid and the lightsabers and Coruscant, like, I was getting so giddy that at one point Jamie turns to me and goes, are you going to cry? Like all serious? <laughs> I'm like, I might. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I got a bit excited for it too. I was watching this at not Jen's house. Her name is Casey. I was watching this at Casey's house and she was working and I was just like sitting on the couch watching it. And then as soon as like I see him, I'm like, oh my God. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I need a moment. I need a moment. Can you leave the room? Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's taken five episodes for us to get here. But, I mean, at least we finally got here, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I remember I was I was talking with my nephew before the show ever aired. And uh, it's funny. It never actually came up. Well, how long is it going to take before we get 
Hayden Christensen as Anakin. Uh, we kept speculating, well, how long is it going to take before we get a lightsaber battle? And I was thinking we would wait until episode five before a lightsaber. I mean, they've spoiled up with lightsabers up until this point. And I, I think it was, it was done so perfectly because you got the glimpses of Hayden as Anakin, you know, and they're putting on the helmet and stuff like that. Uh, you got the force goes from away and then we just forgot about it. It's almost like the Qui-Gon thing. You know, they're like, we're going to lay off for a few episodes so that when it comes, you're like, Oh, Oh, two weeks ago, I would have said you need to do this now, but now I forgot about it. And now it's the, the greatest thing I've ever seen. I, I do. I watched a few kind of like theory videos and cause there's, there's one I watched. I think it's just called star Wars theory. I think that's just the name of the YouTube channel. So shout out to star Wars theory. I enjoy their videos. Um, and, they place this in the timeline. I didn't actually even think about it. I'm just like, oh, who cares? It's in the prequels. But this is obviously pre-Attack of the Clones as mm-hmm. well because the big thing was that uh, Anakin's got both of his hands. Um, <laughs> and they're also wearing the same clothes that they wear in the elevator when they go up to see Padme. Mm-hmm. And also the the shot of when you're behind Anakin, when he's staring out into Coruscant, he's staring at Padme's apartment building. So. Ooh. I don't know if you knew that, like the with, big tall with building. With binoculars. He's like, oh, hello there. I was getting like slightly, because again, I wasn't thinking at the time. I was just like, oh my God, there he is. I'm thinking like, what if they finish the lightsaber battle? And then there's Padme giving him a towel. Um, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> there's the Natalie Portman appearance. <laughs> That's how they do it. Um, you can actually just on a tangent, you mentioned your nephews. Um, do your nephews just like permanently live on Instagram? Because I swear every time I post something <laughs> on the Oz Network account, they like something within two seconds of it being posted. Like seriously, the first like, without one. without fail, always, always liked within two seconds of posting. Like what what is the what is the deal with your nephews? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I I don't know how busy they are. <laughs> They're still in school, uh, and I guess it's the beginning of summer break. Uh, I, I also find it funny that they like things where I guarantee if I ask them, it's like, hey, have you guys ever watched an episode of 24, Breaking Bad? No. And, they do you like know what everything. they're about? No. <laughs> everything. What was it? Jamie one time like liked everything of mine or something at one point. Like I just had a wall of like Jamie Hilding likes your post. Um, and then there weren't was, we going to uh, like, like spam there- Jamie with something as well? No, there was a there was a famous vacation you and Noah took together, and uh, ah. you know, uh, to to the lake on Naboo. Uh, <laughs> there was no <laughs> politics, no war, but uh, I remember you guys messaging me. It's like, oh, we're having a competition now to see which one of our posts Jamie will like first. So you're posting these at the same time. Oh, Jamie liked mine first, not yours. That's right. I remember that. Oh, good old days when our love was so young. Um, <laughs> Overall, though, like, I mean, this episode was great. I This, to me, was probably the best episode of, of the show so far. Um, I mean, not only do we get the flashback, that that's enough to win the episode, but, I mean, great action. The whole thing was just fast-paced. I mean, we got badass Vader, maybe the most badass Vader we've seen at all ever in Star Wars. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, just some great stuff going on. We got a good plot twist with the, uh, the third sister, Grand Inquisitor, whatever she is this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and little baby Luke. He's going to die next week. Is he just going to wake up and go, nah, those original trilogy movies, they don't mean anything. We're going to kill the child. Um, did you enjoy this episode overall? Yeah, I think that um, the only area where I'll disagree with you is I think I still prefer episode three slightly more than this. Uh, but I'm sure once I see next week's episode, once you realize how much this leads into the next one, I mean, it's going to bump this one up a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. I mean, I think... Seeing the Vader power at the end, which, you know, 
some people are going to be like, oh, they, they tried that in the Star Wars sequels and it's already so done. Like, they've been doing this for years, even when George Lucas is still involved. Like, we saw that that move, that force move in, in the Clone Wars animated series. And we saw it in, uh, the big one, I guess, is the Force Unleashed video game, if you ever remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, being able to have Vader show off a power that hasn't really been seen properly on screen before is amazing. Um, and we've kind of been waiting for the, the Grand Inquisitor question to be answered and wow now we have the question answered you can't die from a stab wound to the chest uh for two so far (laughs) yeah like this is the new dismembering you get stabbed in the chest and you're gonna live um well still i still i guess some answers hopefully to come for that but uh but uh, yeah 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 great great episode Yeah. yeah which another thing they pointed out in the star wars series video is um i think some people were complaining about like oh you know this isn't strong tough vader you know he's still like a bit weak it's like well isn't this the point like kind of what we're Mm -hmm. getting from the most part of this show is that this isn't fully darth vader this is still largely anakin and i think kind of you're getting a lot of impatience from him and i mean that's the whole point of the flashback like you got this great duel between him and obi-wan showing that anakin has a problem with impatience he always wants to win so he always kind of makes mistakes and this is what still nine years before a new hope still only 10 years removed from Revenge. So it's kind of like right in the middle of Anakin fully turning into Vader versus still being Anakin. And I think that, you know, as much as this is the Obi-Wan series and we're kind of getting this great version of Obi-Wan who is a shell of his former self, you know, living with regret and all this kind of stuff, I just I love this version of Vader. Like this is a perfect transition of this young Jedi, this beautiful man with the braid, um, who's been severely burnt, which I did talk to you the other week about. What did you think of um, Ewan McGregor being burnt alive? I'm sure you probably liked that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of get the silly in transitioning into like evil bastard Vader. So like, I don't know if you have any thoughts or opinions on this version of Vader, but I, I love this version of Vader. Yeah, it's important that we get something bridging it uh, because no character is going to be exactly the same. And I think... More so than just the physicality of Vader, where we're seeing him more aggressive and all that. I mean, it's the character of Vader we're getting. And, uh, you know, I was reading one review of this episode that was uh, properly identifying that this is a story not about Vader tracking down Obi-Wan. This is a story about Vader trying to exercise the Anakin that's left in him. Uh, because I mean, by the time we get to return of the Jedi, you know, he's going to say, yeah, there's still good in him. There's still some Anakin left, but it's like, it's so minuscule that even Obi-Wan by the time of return of Jedi is like, no, he's more machine now than man. But like Obi-Wan has been referring to him as Anakin up until this point, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan is, is afraid of him, but he doesn't view him as Darth Vader yet. And I don't think Darth Vader does either. Uh, so yeah, being able to see a Vader that is, I guess a step closer to Anakin of the prequels than the Vader of a new hope. That's what this is about. And I'm sure by the time we get to the end of this, it's going to bridge the gap. Well, we're still going to have Ahsoka to come after this. So where Ahsoka's timeline takes place is going to get confusing because we're going to have Vader in that maybe in flashbacks, or maybe it's all going to be forced ghost Anakin who knows, but uh, I'm sure they're not going to be done with Vader, but this is the key story that's going to take us from revenge of the Sith to a new hope. Which is kind of that, um, you know, a lot of people complain. We've been there too, that like maybe you get a bit too much Star Wars, you don't need it. But there are certain things which I think you do need. And I think we talked about this, I think, last week about how, you know, there was enough there from Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope back when we got it in 2005. Okay, cool, well, that bridges the gap. But there's still a 20-year gap, 19-year gap where, you know, you can explain a lot. And 
obviously they've done that a lot with books and and comics and things like that but it's i still feel you've got a lot of ground there where you can play with where you can easily tell stories and again bring up the sequels as much as we're not fans of the sequels i mean you've got a 30 year gap between return of the jedi and force awakens and i mean we talked about some of the things we'd like to see in there i'd love to see more of like the birth of kylo ren like i mean that's that's Mm. something i would love to see like kind of how he became that so hopefully we'll get maybe a kylo ren series one day but this is where i like this vader and and obi-wan too because like i mean he goes from jumping in a random horse and dropping off luke to living in the middle of the desert i mean there's a lot there Mm -hmm. to cover so i kind of think this is good that we kind of get that bridging gap and obviously we'll probably talk at the end of this episode more about what we should get next week that's that's maybe when we're going to get a leave off place for a new hope um but i just i love the way they use the flashbacks in this kind of both with obi-wan and like just how you got like vader watching and he's remembering this sort of fight when he was anakin so and you've got that scene obviously with the door with the third sister and obi-wan when he keeps referring to him as anakin and she's all going like no he's like darth vader now and it's kind of got that um i will talk about vader ripping the ship to like that all because that's awesome but just Actually, I'll talk about that now because I feel we'll talk more about the third sister. That was epic. Like, I mean, of all the mm. badass Vader stuff, we keep saying, like, oh, this is the most badass Vader, this is the most badass. I mean, obviously, Rogue One was amazing. But I don't know, this, like, him just, like, getting a ship and pulling it to the ground and then just absolutely ripping it to fucking shreds. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I mean, Kylo Ren, what, and Ray blew up a ship that we thought had Chewie on it, but they had to rip that to shreds and, like, tear it out. Like motherfucker vader jesus um i love that that's all and then it was kind of the old dummy the old switcheroo so they they fell for it again but i mean again showing that he's not perfect vader yet he's still kind of anakin making mistakes so but that is an epic scene jesus christ yeah and and, you know i i'm not one of these fans who's being critical oh you know we've we haven't seen this powerful why is he so powerful why does he never do this type of stuff in a new hope you know empire and return of the jedi um but you at least want to in your head fill in the gaps and say, well, why don't we see that later in terms of story? And one of the things I was thinking about was just how in the original trilogy, he has no need to do anything. Like this is why I was saying this is so much closer to the Anakin. And that's what this episode did so well with the flashbacks, tying it into everything that happens in this episode about Anakin's impatience, his need for victory, his not, not being able to bide his time and come up with the smartest plan. Because when we look at A New Hope, I mean, why did he not do any of this A New Hope? Well, he knew that Obi-Wan was old and that he'd be able to beat him. You know, he knew we have a tracking signal on that ship, so we don't have to worry about, you know, ripping the Millennium Falcon to pieces. Um, He he knew in Empire Strikes Back, I mean, we've demolished them and and then uh, there's nowhere for the Millennium Falcon to go and in Cloud City and all that. He has never had, if you look at the original trilogy, he never had a moment where he wasn't one step ahead of the game. And you don't find that out until you get much later into all those movies that Vader kind of had a plan for everything. So that in terms of story explains it. Um, but uh, talking about the the third sister as well. I mean, we also got the the revelation of what her backstory is, which is basically yeah. what everybody expected. Right? I was going to keep that like, cause I didn't know we were to talk a little bit about that longer, but um, I mean, just quickly. Yeah. Like, was, like he never really has the need to use it. Um, and like, I saw somebody, I think it might've been the Star Wars series guy. He was sort of, his big complaint about this series is a bit when Vader let Obi-Wan go. The fact that he had him on fire, kind of the fire got put out and they were like, well, that makes no sense that he let him go. Well, doesn't Vader do that a fair bit in the original trilogy anyway? Like there's a few moments where it's kind of like, well, he could keep going after them, but he just kind of stops and lets them go. Like he kind of just goes, okay, cool. Whatever. And he just like, that's just such a Vader thing that he does. So, um, yeah, the third season, I didn't know if you, 
I felt this is something that you might have complained about because I think you brought this up in the first episode where you said like, oh, it makes no sense that she was a youngling because that would make her like 16 or something now. But I mean, in the flashback, she looks like she's maybe about like 10 or something like that, like 10 or 11. So, I mean, she's got to be somewhere between like 19 and 21 maybe. Yeah, like I still have questions about that. I mean, the big complaint I had was people who are saying she is a specific character that was shown in Revenge of the Sith which was impossible because the specific characters they showed were five or six years old. And I'm like, well, she's not a teenager here. Um, I, when they showed the backstory, I'm like, okay, we all expected she would be some type of Jedi or whatever, but I was thinking the same thing. Maybe she's 10, maybe she's 11. Jamie's like, she looks at least 13. So I I don't know, maybe she is 13. I mean, it would make more sense. Moses Ingram's like in her late twenties or whatever. Uh, But I mean, if she's this high ranking, I don't see them (laughs) giving this position to a teenager uh, mm-hmm. especially since this is like years into the Inquisitors existing and all that. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go on Jamie's side and say maybe she was a 13 who looked young for her age. But, but I mean, yeah, but like, I mean, I guess we don't ever really question Padme in Phantom Menace. Is she only meant to be 13 in the Phantom Menace? And we never really like... Yeah, like 14. Yeah. But I mean, and Natalie like, I mean, Portman was like 16, I think, when she made that, or like 15 even. She started filming, yeah, 16. Yeah. But like, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting though, like how, because isn't, um, no, Leia, well, well, Leia and Luke are meant to be 19 in a new home. Yeah, 19 or 20, 19. yeah. Uh, yeah, and she's a senator, so I guess yeah. it's okay if there's a 19 yeah. or 20 it's, year old that's an inquisitor. It's the Star Wars world. But I mean, I, I kind of like this reveal. And I, the thing that I also like too is kind of like you start questioning it when, when she's all like, I've been working against Vader. My whole goal is to kill him. And you're kind of thinking like, well, wouldn't he pick up this on the force? But then I love how he's kind of like, I've known all along. Like, I kind of like that. Like, it's kind of cool. Um, I love the lightsaber battle between him and her because like, I just love Dick Vader. Like, he doesn't even fucking mm-hmm. use a lightsaber. He's just using the force. I go, nah, 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 yeah. nah. Then he gets like both of them. And then he's just like, no, you have one. Nah, your shit. I'll have it back. <laughs> and then he just like stabs it. Which, I mean, again, like, come on. Darth, like you know you should know better than that but um yeah like i i it's, it's a sort of all epic reveal and that's rupert friend there that the guy that kind of shows mm-hmm. up the the grand inquisitor I, I thought rupert friend was the jedi guy that got killed in the first episode but no we were wrong there um but yeah i like i i like it it's cool i like i mean she obviously got like the promotion i love the bit with the door like when she's like they're blasting the door open i'm thinking like phantom menace like use your lightsaber like burn it and then eventually she does anyway so and i kind of like her working with obi-wan slightly but i Mm -hmm. I like this reveal and i like kind of the flashbacks that we get to order 66 where you've got vader like killing the kids like Mm -hmm. did you i I actually watched this one on disney plus i hadn't downloaded this one yet but i did love the little warning the following episode may contain scenes that are disturbing to some people because they're killing children (laughs) disney how many of you (laughs) Things in the background. Like, do you put that before Revenge of the Sith? Like, children no, die in this. I don't know if I saw that. Maybe they just don't have it here in Canada. Like, we're, we're, we we kill children all the time. It's, it's yeah, a normal exactly. thing here. Exactly. I, I killed a chil- children yesterday. I mean, you, you hear anybody? Yeah. Eighth child. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I like the reveal and, like, you know, her obviously getting stabbed in the stomach. Um, she finds the little note thing. We get um, Jimmy Smith's back with a little, you know, I'm going to go to Tatooine to protect the boy. Um, so this is one thing I've got a bit confused with because it's like, oh, plot twist, end the episode, there's little baby Luke. So is she evil or is she, like, she's evil but she's not. But so what, is she going to go there and, like, maybe, like, hurt Luke because she puts two and two together that, like, these are the kids of Vader so, like, she's going to use them against him? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just, it's a, 
it's a move where she has some type of leverage, I guess is what she's looking for. See what, what I actually like about this is that it, it you're wondering why it does this make sense if her whole plan is to kill Vader. Why is she so okay with killing? She spent the last 10 years killing Jedi and stuff. Uh, but this is where, when you look at star Wars, a lot of the other rebels and clone wars, you, you really get the idea that like the Jedi order was fractured and it had nothing to do with the Sith. I mean, Ahsoka's character in the Clone Wars series, it, not even the last season, like in the second last season, she basically says, I'm leaving the Jedi Order because I no longer agree with, with how it's being managed. <laughs> Bad management here. I'm leaving the Order. She's not turning to the dark side. She's just like, I'm just not going to be part. I'm, I'm going to be me. I can still use the Force if I want, but like, I'm not part of your Jedi Order anymore. Uh, so you have Jedi who just decide, I don't like the way that the order is going. I'm going to kind of do my own thing. Then you have the Sith who are basically, we've turned to the dark side. And I think what's interesting, and maybe we'll get more into this. Maybe if we get a Reva spinoff at some point, uh, it'll be more explained, but I kind of take this as the whole idea is yes, she decided I'm going to like all other Jedi go into hiding. She saw an opportunity. I can get in with their group. They're looking for people who are force sensitive or whatever, you know, they don't have to know my backstory, but the more you're doing stuff like that, it's it's like the all Yoda speech, like you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and all that. When when you're doing things, even if you're doing it with a purpose, like like a spy, right? You know, a spy is going to have to sometimes kill innocent people, but it's like, oh, it's just part of the job. We have to do this so we can get a more evil person after that. She's doing these things which are slightly corrupting her. It's like she's not a Sith. She hasn't turned to the dark side, but she's kind of floating on the edge, even without her realizing. So. To me, I would I would love if we get more of that. That's kind of the point of Reva's character is that it wasn't her intention, but she's like kind of caught halfway in between the light side and the dark side. And, you know, even though she had this plan, she's going to kill Vader the whole time. Like she's also killing Jedi and she's been slightly corrupted by whatever the Empire is feeding her. And, you know, when we get to the final episode, is, is it going to be just her anger towards Vader that's going to rule her? Or is it going to be, you know, a... a some type of lust for power. I'm going to use this information about the twins and Obi-Wan so that I can get myself back in a position of power, or is it going to be a redemption arc? Like we really have no idea yet. And in all fairness though, like it's kind of got the rogue one syndrome though, where we obviously know she has no bearing in the, the trilogy. We know that she's not going to kill Luke. We know that Vader's not going to find out about the children. Like we, we know all the things that aren't going to happen. So it's kind of like, well, <laughs> well is there tension involved in that? I, I don't know. Because like, again, it's kind of, I'm still going into this thinking that this will be it. We won't get another season of this. So like to me, I'm thinking like, well, they're not going to leave a dangling carrot so she survives for season two. Um, so like, I mean, that that's one thing I'll just say like, well, we kind of know what's not going to happen next week. Yeah, and I was talking to Jamie about that as well, but then I'm thinking, like, what things do we actually know? Like, as far as Vader's knowledge of the twins, it's pretty clear he had no knowledge of Leia, right? Because he even says when he's talking to Luke, it's like, oh, your sister, so you have a twin sister. Like, he's caught off guard with that. He's learned that for the first time. Well, she's standing right in front of him in the opening of A New Hope, and he knows (laughs) exactly. So, (laughs) Yeah, but, like, he never comes face to face with Luke until the end of empire. And he already knows at that point, we have the scene where uh, emperor is saying like, you know, we have a new enemy, Luke Skywalker and Vader's like, how is that possible? But do we know for a fact that Vader didn't already know this and he was hiding it from the emperor, you know, that, that uh, he was waiting Maybe. to see what the emperor would do about it. Like, well, cause I was he's got myself, at least a kid. I mean, Padme, I've got some t- wonderful news. 
But is that what happens also, when I put it in you? <laughs> he also thinks that she died you know, right there on the platform Sorry. on Mustafar. But I think it, it, it would be interesting if you kind of play with the audience's assumption to say there's no way that he could know about Luke's existence. But then if they reveal something where it's like he knows about Luke and he's like, hmm, I'm going to sit on this for about 10 years and I'm going to see what the <laughs> emperor is. Because he knows at that point he would know the emperor lied. And that's just kind of the Sith way. You're always looking to dethrone your master. And he's just going to wait on this so that maybe when we get to Empire Strike Back, we can view that scene completely differently. How is that possible? Like, it's, it's bad acting. No, it's not true. That's impossible, <laughs> Emperor. I can't have a child. <laughs> Convenient plot device. They just throw it a line. They say, I'm going to sit on this for the next nine <laughs> years. Yeah. And I know I have a daughter, but if she's ever in front of me, I will pretend she doesn't exist. <laughs> I am a bad father. Um... <laughs> Tala died, ripped Tala. Um, uh, we, we knew she would. Um, but uh, I like the way she went out with the thermal dead. She's holding a thermal detonator! Um, <laughs> I can't even do the whole bounty hunter talking of Leia. Um, but, I mean, she was a good character. She was nice. We liked her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Kamal was back. Um, I liked it. Was it? It's like, look, you must watch out for Leia. It's like, I'm not a babysitter. Um, I don't know why he speaks like that. Um, and then... <laughs> Little baby Leia, like, I, I I, think the Star Wars theory guy summed it up pretty well. He's like, oh, people are complaining that how does Leia know how to fix things? And it's like, well, she's a Skywalker. They're born with things. Like, how does Luke know how to fix things? Like, yeah. Anakin built freaking C-3PO at, like, the age of, like, nine. Like, I mean, they're just born with super blood. So, uh, I mean, I guess everything else that happened that isn't about Vader and Anakin and, and the third sister and little baby Luke sleeping in his bed. Yeah, uh, I mean... I think that Tala actually ended up having more screen time than your typical guest star or secondary character. Cause this is one of the things I think I mentioned last week about how the Mandalorian, you assume when you have this cast revealed, you've got Gina Carano and Billy D Williams and Ming-Na Wen, that they're all going to be in every episode. Whereas what they end up doing is like, Billy we're going to have Williams. Oh, not Billy D. Williams. Um, uh, <laughs> racist, racist. Carl, Carl Weathers. It's funny because my, I, I, Jamie is the one who actually, that's a, that's such a Jamie thing because every time we watch Rocky, when she sees Carl Weathers, she's like, isn't that the guy who plays Lando? And I'm like, no. And she's like, come on. It looks like the same guy. I'm like, Jamie, they look nothing alike. She goes, they could literally be brothers. And I'm like, they look nothing alike. Right. Jamie, you, Colin's you, racist. You convinced me that Billy D. Williams and Carl Weathers those are the same guy um but yeah like you you don't see them in more than two three episodes and uh i i think the one thing that was a, a kind of a surprise with tala is that uh all other characters that we've gotten this season they have maximum two episodes and and uh look, look at so far o'shea jackson is like probably gonna equal the same amount of episode count like three episodes but those three episodes he has he's a background character for the most part you know so she c- kind of is the closest thing we've had to i guess a female lead or a secondary star in this show, uh, even though she oh, only Leia. came in halfway through. Uh, well, yeah, of course, Leia's the Grogu. <laughs> she's she's <laughs> the pet. We're going to have baby yeah. Leia uh, underwear coming soon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 man. You're not allowed to say that. Whoa. You are not allowed to say that. 
um, but but it's just the idea behind that character. And I'm pretty sure that we we both talked about this in the last few episodes. It's the wasted potential of Finn that we're finally getting realized. The idea that like not everybody in the Empire is so brainwashed that they're just going to do everything. And some of them for th- some of them is just a job. And for some of them, like, well, I started this as a job, and now you know I don't agree with it anymore. So she got a really good arc. I would actually argue more so than anybody we even saw in the Mandalorian of secondary oh, yeah. characters. She probably has the best arc we've seen in the Disney C- Star Wars series yet. And that secondary character of Boba Fett in the Book of Boba Fett, like he was pretty good. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, can I just on a tangent, talking about like wasted characters in the sequel trilogy. I said to you off air, but I want to say this on air. I just, I've watched the first two episodes of Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac, what a man. What a beautiful man. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen him in anything outside of Star Wars, but um, he's great. And in two episodes yeah. of Moon Knight, he, he's stealing the show. So um, screw you, Kathleen Kennedy and Disney, for wasting that beautiful man. Because... Um, <laughs> He's a he's a great. Is he English or American? He's American, right? He's American, yeah. Because he does a very good English accent in Moon Knight, so uh, very believable. And Ethan Hawke, what a mullet! What a, what a... <laughs> does he have a mullet in it? He does. He's got a great mullet. I'm, I'm watching it now. I, I almost feel Moon bad, Knight. but like I have watched the first episode of Miss Marvel before I've seen anything of Moon Knight. Is it good? But, I've uh, got that ready to go after I've watched Moon it's, Knight. So it's it's a lot better than I expected. Like my issue with them making a Miss Marvel show in the first place is that the Captain Marvel we got in the Captain Marvel movies was already Miss Marvel. They just sort of promoted her to Captain Marvel. So I'm like, so why do we need another Captain Marvel with it? it's the exact same thing? But to me, this is a better version of Captain Marvel. This is what we didn't get in the movie. And it's probably the closest thing they've gotten, like Spider-Man Homecoming that they've mm-hmm. done outside of the, the the Tom Holland movie. So, yeah, it's not bad. I don't know if it's like riveting television, but it's, it's, uh, it's the best version of Captain Marvel we've gotten. <laughs> and on a quick tangent, too, I know we should be saving this for our Patreon episode where we talk about movie news and that. Uh, two quick things. Uh, did you see that Warner Brothers now that they're like owned by Discovery of their merge? They've basically come out this week and said, like, we will not do any more Superman unless Henry Cavill's involved. And apparently they're oh, going to be like, God. they're going to be like, they're in talks of making a new one ready to go. And also, uh, we're looking forward to the Lady Gaga and Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> Jotham <laughs> 2 musical. Um don't know how I feel about that. It weirdly sounds amazing, but at the same time, I'm like, well, where do you go from the first Joker to a freaking musical? But yeah. okay. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think that could, that, that's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be something that's like just some fan rumor. Like when we went through the Star Wars movies, like uh, Leanne Rimes doing a musical number in the Senate scene. In, oh, God. All, all these like Jodie Foster playing Boba Fett, like all those bizarre rumors Jody where it's Foster like there was, was no way this Bobby Fett, really? Yeah, that was that That's was really a, amazing. <laughs> that was a heavily promoted rumor for the Phantom Menace. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's either going to be one of those crazy rumors where years later, be like, I can't believe anybody believed this. Or it's going to be one of these things where the movie comes out and you're like, wow, that actually works. And I don't know <laughs> why, but we'll have to wait and see if it ever if it ever actually happens. But anyway. does it have to be Lady Gaga? I mean, who else Aww. could we have with the Joker? Fran Drescher. Leanne Rimes? Um, no, God. I love Lady Gaga. <laughs> Lady Gaga would be great. Madonna. Madonna uh, no. playing Harley Quinn. A very old Harley Quinn. Um, no, Lady Gaga would be good. Lady Gaga can sing. She's a great actor. Um, you know, I'd, I'd fail to see anyone. Katy Perry? Not blonde enough. I don't know. <laughs> Um, not Taylor Swift. I'll shoot myself right there. So Rihanna? Lena Gomez. Ooh, oh, Rihanna. Like, Make that musical happen. You know that show that um, they're about to start the second scene? What is it like? There's a murder in the building, whatever it is. Like her, Martin oh, Only Murders in the Building? Yeah, Amazing so, show. So um, where when I go visit Casey, she lives like a block away from the building where they film that. So I've taken photos of the oh. building of that. Like I can see into oh, it. Oh, I need so. to see it. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll next time I walk past it, if I'm still here, I'll send you pictures. Otherwise, I've got photos of it already. So I've never watched it, but I just know the building where they film it. So anyway, um, back to Star Wars. Jimmy Smith was back in this episode. That's a beautiful man. Um, <laughs> we got sport for choice for our prequel people. Um, is there anything else I haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Because I feel like, I mean, I'm buying this episode. I'll just chime in. And I've said this is, to me, the best episode of this series so far. Um, I like... The people are talking about like Hayden Christensen and, and Ewan McGregor looking old and oh they haven't de-aged them properly. Like Ugh. again, I think that I'm just glad. goes to show you don't need to de-age them. They like yeah, okay, yeah. there's a few there's a few wrinkles here and there. Yeah, Hayden Christensen and and Ewan McGregor look slightly older, but like it goes to show just how well these two have aged that you really don't need to worry about it too much. You know, like I mean the wrink the wrinkles here and there a bit distracting, but they're not at the same time. Like they still look bloody good. It, let's also try to explain this away uh, in a way that I'm sure Lucasfilm would explain it away. Uh, this is what's t- taking place in Anakin's memory, so he doesn't remember yeah. that he didn't have recalls at the time. Uh, like From a I was actually exactly this is the point of view <laughs> of him having wrinkles, uh, but like the wrinkles are so so not noticeable, and it's funny because uh, Jamie and I were trying to pick it apart. Like we're watching the scene, like are they using de aging or not? Like. You can't really tell you like something looks a little bit older, but I can't tell if they've de-aged him or whatever. And then Jamie's like, yeah, it looks like, you know, Hayden Christensen's got just a few lines on his forehead. Ewan McGregor's got a few lines around his eyes. And I'm like, if that is all that is noticeable 20 years later, like this, this is why you don't waste a million or two or $3 million de-aging them for five minutes of screen time, because these men still look that close to what they did 20 years ago. It's crazy. I Um, think Carrie Fisher wouldn't have worked in um, in Rogue One. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) Carrie. Rip Carrie. But, like, the drugs (laughs) took a toll. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but the, the only thing goes to Mark to Hamill, mention, sorry, in Mandalorian. Mark Hamill wouldn't have pulled that off either at the end of The Mandalorian. So, you know, there's that too. Oh, <laughs> young Luke. Uh, but, yeah, the, the only thing I really wanted to talk about was uh, uh, how last week there was the A New Hope, uh, I guess, parallel similarities. And I felt it was a little bit too much like A New Hope. Like, this one was going very much Empire, but mm. in a more subtle way, which is why I like this episode so much more. Like, we had we're hiding out on a base. We need to hold off as long as possible to the transports get out. Um, The only thing that really add me here that's different is the whole negotiations, which that negotiation scene between um, Reva and Obi-Wan, like that, that, that might be my favorite dramatic scene, like dialogue scene that we've had this episode. Like they're both showing so much emotion without showing, without trying to show emotion and they're behind closed doors. They're not even face to face. Like that scene's just amazing. Uh, But yeah, a lot of like, things that made me feel like this was Empire Strikes Back, even Vader coming in just as they're escaping. But it wasn't obvious, and I I like that. Um, I still want to see, like, a really good George Lucas-style planet, Um, not just junkyards and sand and coarse and rough stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I'm 100% buying this as well. Uh, I would put Episode 3 slightly above this, but only slightly, and uh, bring on next week, because next week, exciting. I I don't know if you're going to get this. I I, I think we talked about it off-air, but, like, they're was this big event where they were showing the entire season as a marathon um, next Wednesday uh, for apparently Canadian only, only for Cineplex only. Uh, now, I, I keep checking, like every single day I'm checking in. As of now, the marathon only seems to be happening in Toronto, but we are getting the finale being shown theatrically here with nice. uh, Q, Q&A. It's not going to be live. I'm not going to be, you know, standing in front of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen and oh. Moses Ingram. But, uh, but yeah, I guess it's, it, 
going to have the Q&A beforehand and then the finale. So I am 100% going to see this theatrically. And if they release the entire season theatrically as the marathon here in Winnipeg, I will book the day off work. If they don't, I will just watch the entire season uh, in one day and then Jealous. see the finale I, theatrically. I, so I'm in this weird position where basically I'm going to be in the sky um, when the final <laughs> Skywalker. episode. Skywalker. I exactly. Skywalker in flight. Pew! <laughs> Afternoon delight. Um, I I will be flying back home, so I won't get to watch this until I land back in Australia. Um, and Hobart's not going to be showing this on the big screen. Come on. I'm going from New York City where I can stand in front of Jeff Goldblum to fucking Hobart. So, yeah, come on. Um, so I, I'll be a bit delayed in watching this, but um, I, I would love to see it on the big screen. Also, just on a side tangent, uh, if you want to watch that Q&A with Jeff and Bryce and the gang, mm. it's, they shared it on their page the other day. Um, but, yeah, next week, I guess, I mean, the big things we're hoping for, the finale, Qui-Gon, obviously, Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. got, he's got, if, they, if that's the biggest cock tease ever, like, fuck you, Star Wars, um, surely, surely we're getting a Liam Neeson appearance next week. Um, we've got to have obviously some sort of fight between the two where I'm assuming Obi-Wan wins because obviously we've got to drop it in there for the line in A New Hope of when we last met, you were but the master, now I'm the master, mm-hmm. whatever, like, you know. So we've got to have that set up. Um, Leia's got to go back to Alderaan, Alderaan. clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm third sister's dead. She dead. Um, Is and she? I reckon she's dead. I don't I know. don't think so. How is she? I, I, I mean, she, why? Why would they have the thing with the the Bail Organa communicator? And plus, the, set the, Grand Inquisitor, the, the, Grand, <laughs> but the Grand Inquisitor survived a stab wound to the chest. Why can't she? I mean, there there is the the sequel to Fallen Order. I think they've just released a trailer. So I mean, I don't know when that's set in the Star Wars universe. And I guess, oh. I mean, you know, they can keep her alive for reasons. So I guess I, I uh, Jamie just got me early uh, Father's Day present, Fallen Order. Uh, mm. So I played the first two levels so far. So did you excited. enjoy it? Oh yeah, it's great. It, it, it reminds love- me a lot of the Force Unleashed as well. Yeah, I I never got like I played the Force Unleashed, but I don't think I ever finished them. But um, I I really want them. I can't remember the name of the character, but because the actor who plays the character, like they facially scanned him and everything. So like um, the main character in Fallen Order, if he made an appearance like next week, because there's rumors saying that like you know he's mm. very relevant to this plot. I would love because he the actor is quite a prominent actor. I can't remember his name, but um, he's great, and I would love to see mm-hmm. a live action version of him. So, um, if anybody doesn't play video games, I would thoroughly recommend Fallen Order, or even just watching the the clips of it on YouTube because it's a great story. Um, and I really enjoyed playing that game. Um, but yeah, any any hopes for you? Is there anything that you like? I mean, I'm I'm zero point two percent chance of a Natalie Portman appearance. I'm just saying it. Like, I mean, you know, I, I will. You will hear me screaming uh, from Hobart, basically, if that happens. Um, but uh, yeah, bring on Qui Gon. Bring on um, Yoda. Another fight. Yoda, the pe- the Emperor. Uh, there's yeah. a, every chance that we're going to see Vader talking to the Emperor. Uh, I mean, this this is the thing where people are like, oh, you overdo it with the cameos. Well, I, I think like. Yeah, like the sequel trilogy probably overdid it a little bit. Like, oh, we're bringing back the Emperor for reasons. <laughs> like, the Emperor being in this would make sense. Yoda mm-hmm. being in this would make sense. You know, like, I, I, this sounds dumb. Padme would kind of make sense. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you're not going to make that sense in the sequel trilogy. So this is where you're going to get it. But Qui-Gon, surely we've got like a 95% chance of, um, you know, yeah. weather with Qui-Gon, rainy with Qui-Gon. <laughs> Cloudy with a chance of gin. Um, <laughs> Jin Erso. What's she doing? <laughs> Cameos, that's why. Uh, but yeah, like Qui-Gon is the big one. We have to get him. And and 
just like a bit, they had a, every single week, three weeks in a row or whatever, they mentioned Qui-Gon and then they laid off. I think they're trying to wait for some type of surprise that nobody's going to be surprised at, but wow. To like finally get Liam Neeson back. I mean, we got, he, he, every single time they've done something, he has always been willing, you know, uh, attack of the clones. Uh, it was only scheduling. He was supposed to come back to do a voice cameo and they couldn't actually line up a time for him to do this. So they ended up looping his whole Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. Uh, so, so then he filmed the scene for Revenge of the Sith. We were supposed to see Force Ghost Qui-Gon and it was cut from the movie and we still never seen it, but it was actually a film scene. Uh, he ended up doing his voice in the Clone Wars. I think it was uh, season six of the Clone Wars animated series. Liam Neeson came back to do the voice of Qui-Gon. Uh, so I, I think Liam Neeson has just been waiting for 23 years now to finally return as Qui-Gon. And nobody's going to be more upset than Liam Neeson if he doesn't come back. He did. Uh, a, one, he was one of the voice cameos in Rise of Skywalker too, wasn't he? Like he recorded he was, yeah. a little bit for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but, but see him in the flesh, like, oh, that, that'll, be, that'll be as good as seeing the mullet again. <laughs> Maybe better Ooh. because it's been so long. Um, one thing I'm actually really curious about is, is where this story is going to go with, uh, uh, you have Leia who's being taken back to Alderaan and you have Luke now on Tatooine. We've seen him. So we know Luke's going to factor into the finale. Is this going to be something where Obi-Wan is torn? Oh no, they're going to be going after both kids. What am I going to do? And somebody else is, maybe that's what's going to happen. Like he has to pick one or the other, or he doesn't know. We, we could get this where he thinks Leia's safe. And he's going after Luke. And then all of a sudden, Reva has a change of heart and she goes to save Leia. Or maybe she's going to kill Leia and she has a change of heart. We don't know. But that's that's really what I think the storyline is going to be. It's that both kids, Obi-Wan can't save two people at once. It's like that, that Superman, uh, the movie thing where it's like, I'm going to explode a nuclear bomb on the West Coast and East Coast of the United States because even you can't stop both. That's kind of what I think this is going to be. But the lightsaber battle. Oh, we mm. they, they, they delivered so much in episode three. Like this one's got the rematch of the centuries, how this is build. So it's, it better live up to the promise. We'd better see Qui-Gon get in the action. I want to see a force ghost with lightsaber. Finally. And I want to see the emperor going, do it to, uh, to, to Qui-Gon. Maybe they'll just use the scene from Revenge of the Sith that they didn't use. Maybe they've just been holding out on it. And you know, they'll just use that and somehow tie it in. Like, you know, they're smart. Yeah. They can do that. We'll never know. They'll be like, God, Liam Neeson looks young. Um, <laughs> and they just Liam was unavailable, so they're just like, "Cool, we'll just we'll use that." Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would like to see some sort of scene, I think, between Obi Wan and little baby Luke too, because like obviously we know in a new hope that they know each other. It's not like that's the first yeah. time they meet, because like we get that, like, oh, I wonder if he means old Ben Kenobi. Um, so like clearly they know each other. Um, so that would be nice to kind of see there. And I want Baru bring back what's a face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we only saw like, hmm. the, didn't we see just the side of her or whatever? Like I want to see yeah. proper, proper Aussie lady Baru woman. Um, bring her back. And Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. Yes. What a beautiful man did, he is. Did you see, um, uh, there were memes already about this, but I, I swear, I saw a video and I swear it is actually Ewan McGregor dressed in, in his living room in a Jedi robe, watching that scene with uh, just like you trained his father, uh, this become such meme bait. I, I need to find out if this is actually Ewan McGregor. If it's not, it is Ewan McGregor's double. It is a video <laughs> of a guy watching that scene and it's going back and forth uh, with the, you know, oh, I, he needs to be trained he was like you trained his father. And then they pause it and it cuts to what I swear is Ewan McGregor in a Jedi robe in his living room saying, uh, ironic, you could roast others but couldn't save you yourself from being roasted yourself and then they cut to the <laughs> shot of his body burning in a new hope <laughs> like if this is ewan mcgregor that. ewan mcgregor has one life <laughs> i have not i'm seen gonna that, find it I... and see if i can send it to you 
I kind of want to say that. Also, I want to call this right now. I want to get at least one hello there um, next week. Yes. Like, come on. Give, well, us, give us one. That was, uh, I, I, I think we talked about Ewan McGregor not being unhappy with his performance in the previous movies, but being unhappy that he was never able to get the Alec Guinness impression down. And he says that to this day, that is the number one line people ask him to say is hello there. And he cringes every time because he's like, you know, that's the tough, for whatever reason, that is the toughest line for me to get. Like, I can't do hello there the way Alec Guinness did. So I hate hearing myself do it. So sometimes I'll actually tell people, no, I won't say hello there. <laughs> At this point, like, this is bucket list, right? Like, Ewan wants to be able to say hello there properly. You can just loop Alec Guinness's voice. We're just going to have Alec Guinness, hello there, coming out hello of Ewan McGregor's mouth. Well, we do live in a world now where we've got um, Tom Hanks yelling at people, telling them to back the fuck <laughs> off. So I, I can't imagine we can't live. What a weird 2022. We've had both the, the two nicest guys in Hollywood yeah. basically lose it. Um, and yet we can't get Ewan McGregor to go, hello there. Although the one they thought he was going to say, it was when it was with little Leia the other week when they met the stormtrooper. And he was just yeah. like, and she's like, say hello. And she's just like, hello. Um, and she's like, well, hello there. Like, ah, oh, nearly. Um Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week, maybe a day or so later than usual to do this because of me flying and shit, but um, we'll work it out. Um, but, yeah, the finale, we're here. This is sad that we're already at the finale. What a, what a oh. shame. But, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a good period for TV, though, because I always remit, thought that, like, when we get to the finale of Obi-Wan, then we're only, like, two weeks away from the second half of Better Call Saul. So it's kind of like this mm-hmm. nice little bridging show that we've had like I, I don't know if they've done that deliberately uh, between amc and disney plus but good job uh the fact that we're <laughs> only going to get a two-week gap to uh get into the second half of better call soul so it's kind of worked out all right but uh i don't want this to end but it's sadly gonna end next week um listen to other shit that we've got out 24 that's good breaking bad speaking of better call soul good um other stuff coming hopefully in the second half of this year yep it'll happen um and <laughs> Uh, review of Jurassic World that happened. Uh, have you seen it? Do you, I know you said you downloaded a cam version. Did you watch it again? No, I haven't seen the whole movie yet. Uh, but I want to because I, I really want to watch it properly, and I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see it theatrically or if I'll have to wait till it's streaming. But it's so weird that even a week later, I, I want to watch it again so bad. Yeah, I actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send you these, but uh, just to kind of uh, sum up, I found there was a whole page that had like the best internet reactions to uh, <laughs> fall or not fallen kingdom. Why do I always call it fallen kingdom dominion? This one I thought was hilarious. Uh, have you ever wanted a band to get back together? And one day they did and you saw them live, but it was actually sad. Like one of them can't sing anymore. Another clearly didn't want to be there. You question why you wanted this. Anyway, I just watched Jurassic world. Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was thinking about it. Why is it called dominion? There's one line that Malcolm has. As about the, the uh, dinosaurs yeah. will have dominion over us, but like it, it's it's not like it's well. They should call it Jurassic World crops or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic World agriculture. <laughs> they did the um the the pitch meeting for it. Uh, I have to send it to you, and it's like oh. remember at the end of the last movie how we had all the dinosaurs that got in the world, and we were so excited for it. Yeah, well this time we're gonna go with bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what we've been waiting for for six films. Bugs. Bugs and kidnapping. It's like, what? What is happening right now? Um, I could see it today for $9 in a cinema around the corner, but I think I'm actually going to wait and see it back in Hobart. Just see it on a slightly bigger screen and see two people see it. I don't know if it'll be still showing in a week in Hobart. It's not doing too well, is it? So anyway, um, listen to other episodes. They're great. Um, but until... 
next week. My name is Ben and you're a great podcaster, Colin, but you need to prove yourself. Your need to prove yourself is your undoing. <laughs> to overcome it, a podcaster, you will still be. Uh, and my name is Colin and I also like the breed. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.